Welcome back to a very special Christmas edition. Or the day after Christmas, I guess. I hope everybody had a very nice Christmas with their families and friends, or... If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a nice day off. But I committed to doing this once a week, and I know that there were some weeks where I did not make that commitment, so I wanted to make sure I got back on and was able to do a show. So, I am here I am. I think this is the 14th episode. Started this in October. We're running up on the end of the year here. I guess next time I do this, in fact, it'll be next year. So, this is also the final Not That Paul D show of 2012. So, I'm feeling a lot better, uh, which is nice because it really sucks to be sick. And I, I don't get sick all that often. But this cold weather just has been killing me. So I still have a little bit of a cough, sneezing every once in a while. But I feel tremendously better. So, you know, Christmas, yesterday, eat a lot of food. I've been eating a lot lately. I don't know why. I guess the holidays, you know, you have Christmas parties and dinners and you're out with friends and coworkers and family and, and all that. And it just, we tend to gather around food and alcohol Uh, so you know neither one is probably great to uh indulge on but it happens it's the holidays and the one thing i kept hearing i I don't know why it struck me as funny but the one thing i kept hearing was you know the whole saying if you don't finish whatever's on your plate or if you don't finish the food that's given to you someone inevitably will say well there's starving kids in africa well, you know, I, I don't know if I've, I've ever agreed with that. Well, yes, I agree there are starving children in Africa, uh, amongst other countries, including our own. But what purpose does me finishing my food serve for these starving children? Like, I get the idea on paper, I suppose, in that I should be grateful for the food that I have and therefore should eat all of it. Because I am lucky enough to have food and I am not starving like a starving child in Africa. But if you really think about it, isn't it quite the opposite? So I've got, I mean, I guess you don't want to be wasteful, you don't want to throw it out, but I've got so much food that I've just got to eat it all. Right? There's starving kids in Africa and what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a rich American. I'm just going to eat all my food and I'm going to finish every last bit because... There's starving kids in Africa. It's never made sense to me. In fact, I always think it's the opposite. It's like gluttonous, right? To just <laughs> sit in front of a pile of Wendy's. That's not what I had for Christmas dinner, but this is where this conversation came up. Sit in front of a pile of Wendy's and just eat every single fry that's in front of me and just be like, oh, there's starving kids in Africa, so I have to eat it all. Right? Like, I don't know. Listen, you can't donate the food that's left over from Wendy's. There's not really an opportunity for you to impact the starving. There are many other ways you can do that through donations and all sorts of other charitable ways, but sitting at dinner with food that's already cooked or sitting in a restaurant or even a fast food place with food that's already cooked and prepared for you, you not eating that or you eating it has zero impact on starving children in any country. So that came up and I figured... I would address that. It was one of those moments where I was sitting at the table. I said, eh, this would be a good podcast topic. I don't know if it was. I don't know. I just did about a minute and a half on it. So I hope it was a good podcast topic. I hope you agree. Maybe you enjoyed that. Maybe you laughed. Maybe you laughed out loud. I don't know. 
But uh, I'm sitting awkwardly on the ground because we haven't bought a desk yet, um, which is strange. And I had the door closed because I told Lindsay that I was doing this, but she still insisted on just walking in. So I'm sure you heard that, and now she's going to close another door, and she's just ruining this. That's what she's here for, to ruin things. Um, Now she's opening drawers. This is ridiculous. And sorry, Nick. Sorry for me letting you know that there's things going on around me. Uh, But, you know, the the other thing, and I've talked about this a little bit, but the other thing that has really been, I've been fascinated by, I guess is the best way to say it, is the subway system. It's this whole totally crazy underground world of New York City. Eight some odd million people live in New York City. I don't know the number that commute in and out. But it's, it's something like four, four and a half million people ride the subway every single day, which accounts to, you know, almost a billion and a half or 1.2, 1.3 billion people that ride the New York City subways every single year. And I'm sure that number is just increasing. It really is quite fascinating. Again, you know, you walk underground and obviously subway, subterranean, um, all the trains are underground. And there's all these interconnecting tunnels and signs. And if you just kind of step back and watch it, it really is kind of poetic. And everyone's just moving and everybody knows where they need to be. And nobody's saying anything to anybody else. And it's like a machine. But it's, it's, it's cool. It's really, again, you know, interesting to me. And I said last time that I don't wear headphones. I don't even listen to music or podcasts or anything on, the, on this train because I like to listen. I like to watch all of the things that are going on around me. And I'm sure, you know, this is, I'm coming up on a month now being here. I'm sure um, later I will get sick of the subways or it will be annoying and not quite so fascinating to me, but today it is. And one of the things that every time, I, every time this happens to me, I'm always thinking like, wow, this is so cool, is so if you've ever been on a subway, they've got windows. I, I don't really know why. I guess the windows are for... Um, you know, if you could look out and see what stop you're at, but you're underground, and most of the time you're in tunnels. It's not really a scenic view. Um, but what can sometimes happen is you'll be riding on a train at, let's say, 30 miles an hour, right? I don't know how fast they go. And another train going about the same speed all of a sudden appears right next to you because of a tunnel or an, uh, the way that the tracks go, right? Now you're you're right next to another train, and sometimes your speeds are a little different, so one's moving faster than the other. But we've got these windows, and everything is dark because of the tunnel. And you're, you're looking into the other subway, and you can see these people just standing and really not doing anything exciting at all, but just standing there. And looking through the window and the way it's lit, it's like, and now I know this is going to sound freaking crazy, but it's like looking into another universe or another world. And it only happens for 10, 15 seconds at most. And then the, the trains go in their own separate ways, or there's a tunnel, or who knows what, and then it's gone. Right? And it's this weird moment where you're kind of moving slower and faster and it's kind of waving back and forth. And you're looking at these people and you almost imagine what's going on in that train. And just like that, it's gone. And it, for whatever reason, it reminds me of that television show Fringe. And if you've not watched Fringe, the idea essentially is that there's these parallel universes. And it really, it just every time it's like this mirror effect. And you look into what you would expect to be a mirror because of the speed and the size of the windows and everything. And you see different people. And it almost looks like it's a different light. It's really cool. I don't, I'm probably the only one. I don't know. But uh, 
Next time you're in a subway in New York City and you're looking out the window into nothingness and a train pulls up next to you, just think about that and look over at it. And just try, to, try to make eye contact or distract someone on the other train. Maybe that'll break down the whole uh, parallel universe theory I have. But it is really cool. I don't know. That's just me. But then there's, there's signs, all sorts of advertisements all over the train, you know, the maps of the subway, and, you know, this is the next stop, and here is where you can transfer, and all the stuff you'd expect. But then they've, they've got, like, these, these MTA things where it'll be, like, they've got this poetry thing where they put poems or paintings, and for, I guess it's supposed to make the trains more aesthetically pleasing. You know, some of the newer ones, there's some real old ones. But the other thing is they have these, uh, like, advisory signs. And one of them talks about, and, I, and I've talked about this too, my terror of getting hit by a subway. But one of them talks about, you know, 146 people are hit by a subway every year. And 44 of them were killed or whatever the number is. And it's, it's got a picture of, like, one of those stick figure guys, like, leaning over too far over the tracks and falling in, like, swinging his arms. I mean, that would be a horrible, horrible way to go. But uh, it, it's... It's not as strange, right? Like, that makes sense. They want to tell you to stay away from the tracks. Don't jump in front of the train. It will kill you. Well, I guess, really, it's only killing about a third of the people, so roll the dice. But then I saw one today for the very first time, and it said, Don't surf the train. Ride inside and stay alive. Now, I have no idea what that means. So I'm looking at the picture, right, and it, and it essentially shows this guy outside of the train surfing it, right? It almost as if, you know, you see in movies, like, kids go up next to a car on their skateboards and they'll try to, like, hold on to the side of it or grab the mirror or whatever, and they use the car's momentum to propel them? That's what the p- picture described to me. So now I'm looking around. I'm like, how the hell do they do this? And who would do this? I've never heard of this in my life. You figure this would be one of those things you would see on one of those websites or on YouTube or something of some idiot trying to hang on to a subway on a skateboard or something. So this whole, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm trying to like paint the picture. I'm like looking out these weird windows to see if there's something I don't understand. Or maybe I'll see someone surfing. Like, do they go into the tunnel? I don't know how it works. So now... On my way back from work tonight, I looked at the subway, and I, I think this is how I, this is what I figure. And I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm gonna have to learn to or see it. I want to see this in action. Um, and when the doors open, the space where there's doors, there's a slight platform. It's seriously maybe only about ten inches, right? And it's it's a platform that connects, if you will, the uh, place where you would stand to wait for the train to the train so just a place to step to step into the train between the platform and the door so i I presume what it's describing is people that as the train is either arriving and still moving and like they move in pretty quickly or when it's leaving which would mean they would accelerate they're holding on in some way and standing on this little platform and uh, air quotes here surfing the train now, I can't even imagine seeing... I don't know what I would do. I, I don't know what reaction I would have if I was inside or outside the train. I, but there's not much space for these people to do this. So I, it didn't even... I, I literally couldn't figure out what the sign was talking about. I had to you know, take hours of thinking about it and then look at the sign to think that somebody somewhere once decided they would grab onto the side of a moving train and stand on a 10-inch platform to surf 
the train, which I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. When I, seriously, when I first saw Surf the Train, I thought it meant, um, so there's poles all inside the train, right? You hold on to them because it accelerates and decelerates pretty, uh, uh, I don't know, it jerks, right? And I thought it meant, so some people won't, <laughs> won't hold on to it and they'll kind of get into like a surfer stance you know, lower themselves a little, put their arms out for the balance, and instead of holding on to the to the the pole, they just balance it out, and they, what I would think, would surf the momentum of the train. But there's no way it means that, because nobody dies doing that. I, I don't think, I guess. But one of the funny things is, uh, I don't know if it's like a cocky New Yorker thing, it's like a confident thing, if it's a guy thing, I don't know, but... Trains get really crowded, especially during rush hour, and what happens is sometimes you don't exactly have a great reach or a place to grab onto one of these poles, and they're really everywhere. And when that happens to me, listen, I don't want to fall, especially when it's a packed train, and create this weird domino effect, so I just reach over someone. I have no problem putting my arm in someone's face to grab the pole to make sure I don't fall. No problem at all. Um, There are people that I've observed, even on non-crowded trains, that for some reason have a, uh, they, they, they don't want to hold the pole, right? They'll get on the train, they will have plenty of opportunity to, to hold on to it, and will choose not to. And what they do is essentially, like I described, is surf, they, they use their body weight, and sometimes they lean against something, but they try to just ride it out. And it really is just for like a split second, it's like this one second jerk, and and that's that's when the train gets moving, and that's what kind of jolts you where you need to hold on to the to the pole. And there's always these people that choose, like make a conscious decision not to hold on to the pole. And that's where I get back to. I, I don't know if it's like this cocky New Yorker thing, or if it's an attitude thing, or like, hey, look at me, I'm a New Yorker. I've been doing this my whole life. I don't need to hold on to a pole. So you know, I see it all the time. But today, today, I saw one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So there was a guy, empty train, totally empty. I was even sitting. That's how empty it was, right? Totally empty. There was a guy who was probably in his late 40s, like 45, 50 maybe, and he gets on the train. He's got an umbrella in one hand, and he had one of those, like, messenger bags over his shoulders, right? Gets on the train, standing between two poles, right by one of the doors, Train doors close, makes no attempt, no attempt whatsoever to grab a pole. The train accelerates, and he stumbles. He stumbles forward, like a solid two or three feet, kind of uses his umbrella as a cane to keep him up, and he recovers, right? He was fine. Then it stops, and he kind of he stumbles again. Two stops later, same thing, every stop, he's doing the stumble thing. Two stops later, this, oh, you know what? He didn't have a messenger bag in his hand. He had... He had a, uh, in one of his hands, he had uh, a bakery bag. It was this French bakery. I'm trying to remember what the name, it was Francois Bayard Bakery, New York City, or some, something like that. Francois something. I remember seeing Francois. And I kind of feel bad for this guy, but he brought it on himself. And two stops later, the same thing happens. He goes to put his, um, oh, pop filter, sorry. He goes to put his umbrella down. Totally misses, right? You can imagine, like, a, a thin umbrella on a on a, like a slick floor, a hard floor, and it was just at the wrong angle that it didn't grip, and the umbrella just kept going forward. So now this guy's right arm is fully extended. The umbrella has slid out and is straight. 
This guy is going face first into the ground. Has no way of protecting himself because he's got this bag on. He's got the, the donuts in his hand or the, the bagels. And he didn't decide to grab the pole, which he very easily could have done with one of his hands, with the umbrella hand. So he's laying out. He's, I'm watching this. Again, and it's one of those slow motion moments. And I'm sitting in a chair just watching. I have no idea what to do. And he literally face plants on the train. And now he kind of fell to his right, which is where his umbrella was. Now imagine somebody falling and their left arm kind of following following his body down like through the air trying to grab things and he's got this <laughs> he's got this bag of of it was bagels and donuts and it literally he like lost it right before it hit the ground and just bagels and donuts everywhere like rolling around the subway and this guy's just laying out on the ground I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do in this situation. I just watched a 45-year-old man who was too cool for school, didn't want to hold the pole, pay for it, landed flat on his face, umbrellas slid across the train, donuts and bagels everywhere, laying on the ground, and it was wet and gross. What do you do in that situation? And he didn't want help. Like He looked around real quick, left all the bagels and donuts on the ground, quickly stood up, grabbed the pole, and didn't say a word to anything. Kind of like brushed himself off. Literally, the next stop, which I can't imagine was his stop, got off the train. Left, <laughs> left the bagels and donuts on the ground. Lay, <laughs> just laying everywhere. There was, there were, some of them were like rolling every time the train moved. He just got off the train and like ran up the stairs. Nobody said a word. Nobody said anything about it. And a train that was normally relatively talkative up until that moment didn't say a word until it got to the last stop. It was pure silence. Nobody knew what to do. It, nobody knew if they needed to, they should have taken a picture, if they should have videotaped it, if they should have helped him. He didn't even give us the opportunity to help him, really. He, he fell. Umbrella slides, which he, he kind of reached out and grabbed. Bagels everywhere. He's laying on the ground, right? And he actually had glasses on, too, so they were kind of smushed because he landed, like, on the side of his face. So imagine, like, if you wear glasses, push on one side of your face your glasses, and they kind of go off the nose. It was awful. Absolutely awful. It was, it was kind of funny, but I did feel bad for him. These are the types of things you see on the subway. That's New York City. And no one knew what to do. No one said anything. But, yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. That's for sure. Um, so, I have two notes left, and we're at about 20 minutes. So, I have one, one story that's kind of long. I've been teasing it and promising it for a while. But... I have, so anybody that knows me or, you know, hangs out with me frequently, one of the notes I have for this show is balance beam. That's how I take my notes. It's usually one word. So here, I'll let you, uh, let you behind the curtains a little bit. Here's my notes for this show. Starving kids, balance beam, surf the train, subway windows, man fell. Those are my notes. That's how I that's how I take notes for my show as these things happen. Literally like my first reaction when this guy fell, honestly, was grab my phone, write down man fell, so I remember to talk about it. And it happened to be a Wednesday, so that worked out well too. Um so I don't know what balance beam means. If something happened over the past couple of days and you and I were talking about balance beams, please tell me what that meant, because I'm sure it was funny if I wrote it down and I could talk about it. I'll talk about it in two thousand thirteen. But the last thing I wanted to talk about is a story I've been teasing for quite some time. And I've just forgotten to talk about it, really, I guess. And uh, 
it was around holidays, so it makes this really appropriate. So, uh, all the way back in time, get in your time machine. Join me. Back in 2005, seven years ago. I actually remember the date, December 18th of 2005. So in, in November of 05, stay with me, in November of 05, the Xbox 360 came out. It was the newest system. I don't think the PlayStation 3 had come out yet at that point. It was set up to be the holiday gift. It was the gift of the season, no doubt. Every young child wanted it. Every teenager wanted it. Every college-age kid wanted it. Every young adult. Everyone wanted it, right? It was the gift to have. Xbox 360. If you didn't get an Xbox 360 for Christmas, Christmas sucked. So, truthfully, in November, I waited in line at a Walmart. It wasn't too long, maybe three or four hours in, in Binghamton again. And if you listen to my show about nips in Binghamton, uh, you can imagine the, the types of people I encountered there that night. Um, waited in line, did the whole thing, got a ticket, got the Xbox I wanted. And I actually still have that same Xbox to this day. Kind of. And if you know me, you know what I'm talking about. But I enjoyed my Xbox. I got Madden. I remember playing Madden the first night. I saw a business opportunity, right? Late November, getting close to the holiday season. No Xbox 360s anywhere to be found. Anywhere, any state, online, nothing. I didn't even know if online was big back then. Like, if you could buy stuff online. So now I'm thinking, all right, I got to get my hands on an Xbox. I'm going to get my hands on an Xbox, and I'm going to sell it. I think they were like three or $400. They were going for 700 to to $1,000 on eBay. Well, I guess if eBay was around, you could buy stuff online, but whatever. Uh, so I decided I needed to find myself an Xbox. I didn't want to give up mine. I really liked it. I didn't want to give it up. I was, I was, the, uh, I was that kid who had, I am, I still am that guy who has to get everything day one. It's just, it's my only option. So I'll brave whatever line is in front of me. And I've talked about that a little bit before. So we get to it, right? And uh, I'm thinking I have to find a way to get an Xbox. So I'm looking through these websites. I'm looking through all these forums and I'm trying to figure this out. And turns out it, it leaked in some way or another that at a Best Buy near my parents' house, there's two Best Buys near my parents' house, each one is about 45 minutes away in the opposite directions. That will be important later. 45 minutes away, opposite directions. We'll just say east and west. I don't know what they actually are. I found out that Best Buys across the country would be receiving a secret shipment on December the 18th. If my memory serves me correctly, it was a Saturday. Yeah, Friday or Saturday. I think it was a Saturday. Somebody looked that up and checked that for me. Um, I said that like I have producers in the room, and I'm going to get something in my ear. Yeah, yes, yes, it was a Saturday. Um, December 18th, Saturday, 2005, I found out there's going to be a secret shipment to all Best Buys. It even leaked like how many would be at which Best Buys and store numbers, the whole thing. It was a really pretty significant leak. But for whatever reason, it was only like on these underground forums. Couldn't find it in any sort of legitimate source. So me, my two friends, we got together and we said, all right, we're going to do this. Let's get these Xboxes. We're the only ones in the world in this area that know about this. There's no way anybody anywhere knows about this. They're going to open at 8 a.m. We're going to get the Xboxes. We're going to be good to go. We're going to sell them on eBay for three times as much, and we're going to have a great Christmas ourselves. Well, 
we decided, fortunately, we would go the night before. So we went at around closing time the night before. So let's say it closed at 10 o'clock. We probably got there at about 9.30 with the expectation of waiting overnight, about 10 or 11 hours. We get there, and the place is packed. And it's not packed with anybody shopping, right? Best Buy about to close Friday night. There were some people shopping, but it was packed with people that were getting ready to wait in line for the secret shipment. I just saw people chasing the managers around, asking them about this shipment. How many did they get? How many will they get? How many tickets will they give? When will they give tickets? A total chaotic mess. And the managers were denying it. Denying, denying, denying. Had no idea. There will be no line. I don't know what you're talking about. The whole thing. So now people are kind of like lurking and following each other, trying to get different answers and pretending that they don't exactly acknowledge why they're there because it's, it's this mentality that as soon as those doors close, it's like a, a race. And whoever gets first in line, first in line for the whole night, you're good to go. So we, uh, we follow people around. We do the whole thing. Couldn't get any information from the managers. So doors close, and we do exactly what we thought. We kind of did this whole race thing. Got in line. Get in line. Maybe 5th, 6th, 7th in line, something like that. It was the three of us. And about a half hour after they closed, they must have you know, done their closing stuff, the registers and everything. The store manager comes outside and says, we can't line up. Now, this particular Best Buy was a standalone. It happened to be exactly next to a mall where they literally shared parking lots. But it was, it was a standalone. It was its own store. So the manager comes outside and says, we can't line up. So now he creates this whole revolt. Right? Everybody's pissed. Everybody's screaming at him. What do you mean we can't line up? There's a, this shipment coming, and everyone's freaking out. right? So we said, no, well, we're going to line up anyway. So everyone stayed, and now at that point, there's probably 50 or 60 people in line. So we line up. 10, 15 minutes later, the cops come. Cops tell us we need to leave, otherwise they'll arrest us for trespassing or loitering or something. right? So not wanting to get arrested for something stupid like that, we left. But what we did was we went next door. We went to the mall parking lot. And everybody did this. Everybody with their cars drove right next to the next parking lot off the property line. So now Best Buy couldn't say they can't line up there. So what we could have done If we were smart, what we could have done is we all could have got together as a group and said, all right, let's just honor the same order, and the line will start here. But what would happen is every hour, people would, and it was actually up a hill, people would run up this hill, mad dash, every hour people would run up this hill, get in line, see who was first, second, third, fourth, fifth in line, whatever, and celebrate and say, yeah, we made it, we're going to wait in line this time. Ten minutes later, cops come. So it was literally every hour. So this went on until about 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. So me and my friends are thinking, all right, this isn't going to work because every hour they're just running up there, kicking us out. And if for whatever reason, the hour that it decides to be the real line, we're last, we're going to get screwed. So what we did was we got in our car and we drove an hour and a half in the other direction to the other Best Buy. Come to find out, they allow these people to line up, and there's a line that must be two or 300 people long. So now we've driven an hour and a half to find a line that's 300 people long. We have no confidence in our ability to get an Xbox. We don't want to wait in this line. So we decide we've got to roll the dice. 
we got to go back to Chaotic Central and go back to the other mall and get in that line. So what we do, drive all the way back, another hour and a half. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning now at this point. Drive back all the way over, get to the mall, get to the Best Buy, and there's a line. There's a line that's like 100 people. So we're pissed, right? We, we did all this journeying. We, we left because they weren't letting, line, letting people line up. Now there's 100 people in line. They're letting them line up. So we sit in the car and we say, ah, the police are going to come soon, right? 45 minutes go by, no cops to be seen. People keep getting online. This line gets longer and longer and longer to the point where it was wrapping around the building. Now we're, now we're like, all right, well, we really screwed up. But then I had an idea. <laughs> so what I did was I, I picked up the phone and I called the police and I told them that there was a large crowd gathering outside of Best Buy. And five minutes later, a police officer came and made them all leave. Worked out brilliantly. So now we're back to square one, waiting in the car. Three o'clock in the morning. We decide, all right, we're just going to play this game every hour for whatever reason. It's on every hour. We're going to run up this hill. We're going to get in line. Then we're going to get kicked out again. So there was this one kid that was, seriously, you're going to think I'm kidding, but was dressed up like a ninja. And he would do sprints up and down this hill. He would never get into the best by property, but he would sprint up and down this hill, like, practicing. Like, when that moment comes, it's going to be his, like, Olympic dream to sprint up that hill, beat everybody, and be first in line. Now, he starts going a little nuts because he starts hiding behind things. Like, there was this big power generator he's hiding behind, and he thought people weren't going to see him and yell at him and tell him to come back down. Then he started walking around the building and literally got under this 18-wheeler... And was hanging onto it from the bottom. Got under it and was like hanging onto the axle or something. And was just dangling there for half an hour. And no, honestly, nobody said anything at that. Because at that point, I mean, what are you going to say? So he's like hiding in the garage or something. Or like in the loading area of this Best Buy. Hanging upside down on an 18-wheeler. Craziness. Crazy, crazy, craziness. So now it's about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. We're sitting in the car. You know, BSing, listening to music. And all I remember is all three of us at the same time waking up. And it was like 5.15. So we had fallen asleep for about an hour. And we woke up to a mad rush. And at this point, it's four or 500 people. A mad rush of 500 people running past our car like a stampede up this hill going to line up. And we just panicked. We th- I remember the car was still on. We just threw the doors open. And we joined into this craziness. We joined into this crowd. We got up there. We were way behind, like way behind. There was no chance in hell. And we were pissed. We thought that that was it. But thankfully, the cop came one last time. And at that time, the manager of the store had actually already arrived and said, listen, at 7 o'clock, we'll let you guys line up. We'll open at 8. You guys can start lining up at 7. Clearly no plan at all. Clearly wasn't prepared for what was about to happen. So now it's like, all right, everyone's watching their watch. Everyone's checking the time. We're getting closer and closer to 7. People are, like, inching up and creeping up, and the ninja's dangling from something. And the second, literally, I'm telling you, it was like a gun went off. The second it hit 7, it was a mad dash. Like I said, at this point, it's 500 people plus running up this hill. Some of them have never run up a hill in their life or run anywhere in their life, but I've never seen them run faster. 
So the three of us, me and my two friends, we run up this hill. We're in the middle of the pack. We're, we're like elbowing people. It was, it was terrible. We get there. No chance, right? I had no chance. For whatever reason, I was like 50th in line, right? Uh, we, it turns out that there was like 44 or 45 Xboxes because I was just a few tickets shy of getting one. My friends, on the other hand, didn't even get in line. So I'm five tickets short. My other two friends don't even get in line. Not in line. They didn't make it. And what they did was they roped off, before they gave out the tickets, they roped off the line with caution tape so nobody could sneak in. And at one point, this guy tried to cut, and there was like this 300-pound guy, big, big guy, and he was ready to kill anybody that got anywhere near the line that wasn't supposed to be in line. He was screaming and spit was, you know, was pouring out of his mouth. He was going nuts. You know, like somebody was trying to kill his child, going absolutely insane to the point where the police had to come and calm him down, going insane. So this was a hostile line. I'm in line. I'm 50th. Truthfully, at this point, I don't know that I'm not going to get one. I'm hopeful. My friends are just standing on the outside. No idea what to do. I don't know how. I don't know why. But at some moment, that caution tape broke. So what they did... They got right behind the giant guy, grabbed the tape, picked it back up, and were now inside the line. And they turned out to be number six and number seven in the line. It was madness. It was a pretty risky move. So they end up getting the Xbox. I end up buying somebody's ticket for $100 to get an Xbox because he somehow got extra tickets. So we all end up leaving with Xboxes. Couldn't sell them. Right, we had, for whatever reason, it was impossible to sell. Everybody on December eighteenth, you know, the market just got flooded with Xboxes. We couldn't sell them. One of my friends ended up keeping them. I sold one on eBay, I remember. And then on Christmas Eve, I feel so bad about this, but on Christmas Eve, I met this desperate, desperate father in a diner parking lot, and he paid me eight hundred dollars cash for a three hundred or four hundred dollar Xbox Christmas Eve. Now, I made his Christmas, I suppose. But I, I ripped him off. I definitely ripped him off. So that's my Xbox story. No, it was probably longer than you expected it to be. I apologize. But it was really, it was quite crazy. It was just waking up and seeing everybody run past us and just the sheer panic. The, it, just, it was looking at each other and just saying, oh, shit, we missed it. Just jumping out of the car and running up the hill and... Just over and over, and the police and the ninja, the whole night was, was really crazy. But it, uh, it worked out well, I guess. We, we were able to sell them. We made a couple of bucks, ripped some guy off for Christmas. So that's my, uh, that's my holiday spirit, I suppose. So I'd say we're at 35 minutes or so. It's uh, December 26th, one day after Christmas, so Merry Christmas again. The beginning of Kwanzaa, which today I learned Kwanzaa started in the late 60s. I didn't know that. I thought it was around for a while. It's only like 50 or 60 years old, but Kwanzaa starts today, ends January 1st. Just learned that. Um, New Year's Eve next next week. I'll make sure to do a, uh, a first podcast of the new year. I guess uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday will be the second. So on January 2nd, you will be hearing from me again. So uh, that's it, guys. Not that com. You can find me on iTunes. Uh, I appreciate you sharing this with your friends. Please review me on iTunes. Five stars would be much appreciated. Um, And thank you again for listening. As always, I hope you enjoyed the show. Any ideas or anything you want to hear, you know how to get in touch with me. Thank you. Have a very happy new year. 
and have a good night. Oh, and one last thing, very special request. I was asked to uh, to end my show with a with a specific song, "Sweet Nothings" by Calvin Harris. And I was told if I don't hit the post at the right exact time, then uh, my friend John will stop listening to my podcast and will unsubscribe. So for that, John, I hope that this is what you want to hear. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,